Freebooters Network. Hi, this is Devin Track with the Freebooters Network. Today we bring you another episode of 40K Radio. And now, on with the show. Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello, and welcome to another episode of 40K Radio. I'm your host, Matt Alex, and with me, as always, is JF. Hey, Matt. How are you doing? Everything's chill. I'm calm. I'm doing <laughs> great. <laughs> In case you couldn't tell, JF just drank an energy drink. We'll talk more about that later. But we also have a new third host with us joining us now, Amy Frost. You've heard her before? Hello. I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to be here. We're also excited to have you as part of the 40K Radio crew. So as you heard in our last episode, Ashley decided to step away. She's got a lot of stuff going on right now. And we had two great episodes with Amy, so uh, we brought her in. And uh, we're really looking forward to what she can bring to the show. So as usual, we're just going to kind of talk about what we've been doing lately in the hobby. And we'll start with JF today. Oh, boy, Matt. What haven't (laughs) I been doing? Adepticon Uh... is getting close. Adepticon is racing towards me quite like a freight train, and I mean, I could dodge it, but my teammates would be very upset with me. <laughs> uh, also, I'd be missing out on one of the coolest events of the year for my for myself, so as always, despite promises of not having to burn the midnight oil and doing things <laughs> in advance, circumstances have not played out in my favor. And henceforth, and therefore, here I am, rushing towards last minute. I still want to keep to my promise that I will do no painting at Adepticon. (laughs) So, um, I am am drinking energy drinks in an unhealthy quantity, alienating everyone in my immediate social circle. And, yeah, it's it's great. (laughs) By the end of this, I'll have only one friend, and he'll be made of resin. (laughs) You know, I feel like this is a conversation we have uh, every April. Just about. every year, every year, Matt. <laughs> every single goddamn year. Well, but it, not it... next year. I can promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> I have plans, <laughs> and my plan is mostly to burn this whole thing down behind me. <laughs> well, no one, no one can say you're not consistent anyway. How about you, Matt? How have you been doing? How's your Adepticon plans? Oh, it's it's going good. I only have um, three models to paint, so... I'm oh, not... I hate you so much. <laughs> I just have to... Yeah, I'm just working on my Titanicus stuff, um, and I'm just finishing up some Aeronautica Imperialis planes. I'm supposed to play a, a big game, 200 points next week of that, so I want to have everything you know ready to go for that. Um, oh, can we talk about AI later on? Oh, of course mm-hmm. we can. Yes, I'm excited. <laughs> And um, playing a couple games of Sisters of Battle recently, so uh, it's it's been good to get them on the table. It's been interesting, seeing how they work out, sort of limited by um, what is currently available, but I've been enjoying it so far. And now we're going to go to Amy, but we're going to do something a little different. So, as you remember, when JF, Ashley, and I started, we kind of talked about, you know, how we got into the hobby, um, what, what, we, uh, what we like to do in the hobby, stuff like that, and... As you've heard from our other episodes, Amy, she does work at a game store. I sure do. 
But let's talk about where did you get into the 40K hobby or GW oh, hobby man. in general? So, yeah, no, I did actually. I started in 40K. Um, it was a while ago now, um, probably 10-ish years. No, more than that. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, so it's got to be about 13, 14 years ago. Um, I started with Chaos Space Marines because I liked demons, and back then you could not just play demons. Um, so I had I had a, a re- the Red Corsairs were my very first nice. foray into 40k. Um, yeah, yeah. I so that was. Know that. Oh yeah. I've known you for a while. I didn't know Red Corsairs were your uh, your entry point into this hobby. Yeah, that's where I started. Um, there was this like cool little mall kind of near where I lived, and they had both a GW store and then like another hobby store that also sold GW stuff. So we used to call it like the Nerd Mall, and we would go oh, there oh, and, oh, and wait, get which, stuff. Which mall? Which mall? Um. Oh boy. Um. Oh, it's the one. Uh, it's on the North Shore of Massachusetts, and I can't Ooh, think of uh, Liberty Tree, it. Natick Mall. No, no, no. Uh, okay. No, Natick was my, my my mall where I grew up. I think it was the. It might have even been the North Shore Plaza. Uh, okay, I worked Wait. at the GWs in Liberty Tree and North and uh, Natick Mall. Ah, excellent day. Yeah. Um. So then, um, like I've always kind of been more into the hobby side of it. Um. Especially back then. Um, and I kind of had like a bit of a hiatus for a while. And then when 8th came out, I was working at the game store. And so, like, I'm already surrounded by the hype. I already want to be playing these games. Um, oh, I was playing before then, too, because I'd already been to an Adepticon by then. Uh, so I, like, kind of got back in because I was hanging out with internet people that also do the thing, like JF and our friend Tony. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm back in. Like, I, I got this. Uh, and and then when eighth came out, it just was kind of crazy, and so now I'm surrounded by it like five days a week, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, and here we are. Yeah, I think eighth has brought a, a lot of people who used to play back into the game. Um, it's just such a, a an easy addition to play, pretty interesting as far as rules go. But um, I've seen a lot like- of people locally come back too. Yeah, and the company itself is doing a really good job of making sure that there's stuff that we want to have and, yeah, you know, and, things that we want to do. And, and doing an nice things the for their players. Um, yeah. They the did times. turn a new leaf at yeah. some point. Yeah. It's it's like they discovered marketing. Right. <laughs> it's like they realized who was buying their games. Mm-hmm. But um, awesome. I, so I, I think the... Always knew who was buying their games. Yeah, Sorry, this is Mark. No, no, that's talk, okay. So I get kind of nerdy about it. Uh, I think they always knew who was buying their games in the sense that they were buying their games and, like, we're our own demographic. So it's easy to identify what we think other people want. Yeah. But that's that's a, that's a, a classic blunder of marketing people thinking that everybody thinks like I think and everybody wants what I want. But I th- that's the thing. Like, the, the moment they started actually getting a bit more interactive with our players, noticing that there are different stratas of players, people that want crunchy mm-hmm. rules, mm-hmm. some people that want softer rules. And that's when we start getting uh, the core games get a little easier, a little more approachable. And if you want crunchier stuff, there's options. And you got the boxes and all that. Like, I, I think it's when they stopped thinking that there was only one demographic that they really went deep. And I'm, I'm, I'm starting to bore myself with my own nerd, <laughs> marketing nerding. <laughs> 
I definitely, and you know, yeah, like you said, with the three ways to play, it's just there's something for everybody now, which is nice. And there's not what was it in seventh edition, like six pages of keywords that you needed to know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the thing: like, I, I, I think keywords are never really left because there's a lot of these like army-specific rules that basically just all do the same thing. Like, field sure, of pain yeah. is not gone. It, it, no. it hasn't left. True, but they just but... repeat those those the, the right. rules are just re-explained with every codec. But yeah. the big and the big difference is that the I, I still have one, the little rule book that came oh, with yeah. uh starter boxes in uh in seventh edition that were just the rules and it was just what you needed. And it was a little rule book that I took and had spiral bound. And now you get a fold out of eight pages and you can get what you need on these eight sides of a little fold up. Oh no! Absolutely, absolutely. And oh man, what, how how long did Games Workshop just leave money on the table by not publishing these rule books independently? Mm-hmm. I know. God, they've gotten smarter. They do, they've done it now. Are... Not the 40k one, but at least the Sigmar yeah, one yeah. is out. Oh uh, yeah, yeah because for you the... don't need to do it for 40k. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. I'd love to see a 40k gaming book like the Age of Sigmar one, though. Yeah. Just with all the missions. Right. Uh, yeah. Good point. But I mean, we keep getting surprised, so maybe, maybe at some point. <laughs> yeah, this is supposed to be Amy's like thing, and I'm like, true, stepping true. all over it. I am fine. So, <clears throat> what do you play these days? Still some 40k? Or are you more just still doing the hobby stuff? Um, so I do a ton of the hobby stuff, especially because like my Tuesday nights, I usually wind up like at work. That's our 40k night, and so a lot of the time, I have a lot of people that come in to ask me hobby questions. Um, so that's what I wind up doing a lot. Um, I do play 40k. Uh, that is what I go to Adepticon for, um, and a lot of the smaller box games too. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm desperately also trying to finish everything for Adepticon, and it's fine. It's fine. I'm just gonna go ahead and say uh, next year's gonna be different. I'll just say it now. I'm not gonna wait <laughs> until like dinner on the last day, like I usually do, to say next year's going to be different. No, I'm just gonna say it now, and I don't mean it. It's fine. It, it's it's gonna be different because well, I'm, it's different. I'm just take, yeah, I'm just taking on different challenges for next year. Yeah. Instead of playing painting one army for the team tournament, JF will be painting six armies for six different games. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like That's crazy. What kind of moron would do that? <laughs> oh man, I was just joking. Uh, oh boy. Uh, awesome. Uh, so so what have you been working on lately that I know a lot of people keep Adepticon Project secret, so whatever you want no, to No, no, it's fine. So, no, I'm uh, building my friendly army, and I have gone back to my roots of Chaos Space Marines, uh, nice. but this time I am, I'm going Zinch. Um, I am not doing Thousand Suns Army specifically, uh, but I'm doing a Zinch Chaos Space Marines army, and I kind of love it. I just, like, I'm, I'm now in that awkward po- point of both loving the process and also just really wanting it to be done yeah, right. maybe now. <laughs> Because uh, I also, on top of that, I have uh, all the stuff to get ready for the team tournament, which the stuff I have to do is weird, right? This is not, like, I am not sitting and painting models. I'm doing weird things. And so a lot of it takes a little more, like, thought process and trial and error than just we're going to paint some models. So it's exciting. It's an exciting time. But who else were we going to have do I mean, no stuff? one. 
there's no one else. <laughs> I have a very specific Phil, set of skills. <laughs> Phil and Eric aren't going to do the weird stuff. No. Like, we, we all have our specialties. You do strange, and I just do insane. Mm-hmm. And, and here we are. I'm on you, Eric's. Eric. I yeah. can't go into detail because of Adepticon secrecy rules, but Eric's stuff has <laughs> been freaking insane, too. It's, it's going to be a good mm-hmm. year. It's going to be a good year. I am very excited to see what you guys come up with. All I've, all I've seen so far is is your little picture of all those resin clippings, JF. So <laughs> I have an idea, but I won't say anything yet. I'm pro- I, might be right. I mean, I could share more details with you later, but I mean, I don't, I don't want to like tease the audience with things that they won't see unless they come to Adepticon when they do come to Adepticon. So yeah, no, I'll, I'll no, wait till I next time to see it. I want to see it like when it's all done and ready to go. Dude, it's, it's, there's some really freaking crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> we we went choices. we went to a place. Yeah. <laughs> I made I made decisions and Uh-oh. <laughs> it's not just me. Like we yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> oh no. Awesome. Well, um, I'm sure we'll have more stuff come up as we go through the show. But let's take a look at Psychic Awakening, which is marching on now. We actually have. Um, this next book coming out, The Greater Good, is is of quite a lot of interest to JF as it contains two armies that he plays. Two two armies that I didn't really think I'd see in the same book either. Like yeah, I was surprised. I I play I play a lot of armies, but basically, if it's not Space Marine or Chaos, I tend to play it. I don't know if it's because I got like black dress synd- syndrome, so like I like <laughs> to play what everybody else doesn't. But so I. I play some Tau. I have a fairly large Tau army. Um, Gene Stewart Cults is an army I will be making. I have a lot of models. I had plans. I had such grand plans that never <laughs> came together because I'm busy with other things. But but no, I mean, Gene Stewart Cults are a thing that's getting done soon. Like, it's, it's essentially my next project after Adepticon. So the the whole greater good thing is, is that's my jam. Not to mention that one of my Tau armies... <laughs> <laughs> or, um, one of my tile armies is very much hinges on on stealth suits and stuff, and features Shadow Sun. So this whole new Shadow Sun model with new rules, new gimmicks, and things has me super excited. And the lore is fantastic so far. Like it's very interesting. They've gone to a place that I've kind of been curious about with 40k. Because a lot of what I read about 40K is mostly like I've read a couple of books. They're like, oh, look, it's the Space Marines and doing Space Marine things, and a single Space Marine kills thousands of people. Or like it's the Imperial Guards, and it's basically saving Private Ryan over and over again with aliens. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's it's better than that. It's better written than that. It's just I'm I'm not like like military fiction is one of those things that I will either freaking adore or, or just be absolutely bored with. So it's, yeah. it's very black and white for me. Um, but meanwhile, the way they're sort of playing, like the, the fiction that we've seen for, uh, for the greater good and psychic awakening is like, it, it, it's, it's about the insurrections. It's about like the, the, the dark underbelly of the dis- disenfranchised Imperial citizens and how do you react to that? And it, I, I love that they basically took 
the two the two factions that tend to pervert imperial face that is not chaos and have them sort of square off against the imperials and, and, and amongst themselves at the same time it's it's very interesting yeah i thought it was it was interesting that you know with, they just released a short story a couple days ago that it's the tower talking about fighting off both the imperium and the gene stealer cults yeah, and it's 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 a surprise to them that both of them like they didn't expect the Gene Stealer cult. Like yeah. they had their whole plan about slowly like subverting the, the 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 Imperial citizens and convincing them of the greater good and all that. And then just as they're trying to do like their thing, suddenly out of nowhere, like the Gene Stealer cults are like, "Well, the time for the uprising is yeah. <laughs> is here for us too. Like we're we're also having this festival." And one of the stories also has an imperial assassin trying, like, going through yeah. the the internal decision process of whether or not to assassinate a, a planetary governor. <laughs> I love how he makes his decision. Yeah, it's and it, it's very interesting because even we don't know, like, I, I it, it, who's controlling him. Like during this whole thing, like we we know this is a book about Tao and Gene Steer called, but I don't think it's made very clear, like. Ex- exactly who he's working for if anyone so it's it's very well, well done like the fiction is is very well woven together but what's very interesting for people who like to speculate such as me <laughs> is that he, here's one of the things that's been kind of bothering me about psychic awakening in general and i haven't been very quiet about it is that they made really big promises about this shaking up things yeah and Games Workshop seemed so excited about it. It just seems like, oh, this is going to be like, this year with Psychic Awakening is going to be insane. Look at how Games Workshop is excited about it. And so far we've gotten like, gotten some cool kits. And we've gotten some interesting lore if you bother to read the lore. But we, we haven't seen the shakeup that we're, we're kind of hoping. But what I kind of noticed this week is that what we are getting is a bunch of groundwork for tiny armies. Like we've talked when the, when the first book for psychic awakening came out, it's like, Hey, look, a bunch of Eldars and we're, we're going to talk about the, the Yanari a bit. And this Banshee kit has Yanari heads. It was like, Oh, Yanari, they're, they're probably going to get a codex, but we didn't get anything. But I think what they're doing and why games workshop is excited about this. And I would be too, is they're just, they're just preparing, like they're setting the table to give themselves new and more options. And a lot of these new and options are things that we already know about, that we're already comfortable with. Like, like I said, the Inari expanding on that codex. But here now, they're they're like they're talking about Crutes and Gavessas and yeah. like human auxiliaries. This is stuff that's been in the fluff. There's been rules before for that. But now it's being brought kind of a bit more to the fore. Like we, one of the stories I think from last week is following this one, you know, human auxiliary that's fighting for the Tau, and and how like they're communicating with the crews, they're communicating with their Tau allies, they get betrayed by their Tau allies. So that's also an interesting thing. So it, I, I have a feeling that maybe Games Workshop is just like, like in in understandably very excited about opening the door to what's going to happen next. What's going to be, what they're going to be releasing in the future. 
or I'm dreaming in color. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, that makes sense because they've like they've kind of already said that this is going to be a a sort of living edition. Like we're not going to tack nuke everything all over again. And so what that lets them do, because we're not going to have to start all over again and start, you know, release Codex Space Marines, Codex Chaos Space Marines and start all over again is it lets you expand that stuff. Like it lets you get into these sort of sub factions or like when you release like the second codex for an army in, uh, you know, in the edition, you get to add all this extra stuff. You're not just trying to update, you know, the basics to fit into the new rule set. Exactly. And, and I, I feel that molding the, the fluff and molding the background, reminding people that all these options exist is going to make it very easy for them in the future to just say, well, look at that. Here's Codex Crute Mercenaries. Like, whoa, that's yeah. fun. <clears throat> yeah, I'd be into it. And a lot of people have kind of speculated that same thing, right? They're not going to, we're not going to see like a, a ninth edition. We might see like an eight, you know, 8.1 or something like that, but with just with small updates. But a lot of people uh, have been thinking that like Psychic Awakening is going to lead to the, Endless psychic powers in 40k, which which uh, it could be interesting. I I mean I don't think it's gonna be exactly the same thing, no. but yeah, conceptually the idea because I mean let's look at it from a business standpoint that allows them to make new models for armies. Right. Right. And like the same way when they introduced flyers for the first time. And again, like Games Workshop, very good at leaving money on the table. They were very slow at rolling out new fighters for new army. Yeah. But now we've seen how agile they can be regarding releasing new models for, for armies. And so if, if they do go the psychic awakening thing being like endless spells, but as psychic powers or the equivalent, I, I have a feeling, I mean, this is probably all planned already. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have already said... Uh, that the preview at Adepticon is going to be their biggest preview ever. Um, and while that is not necessarily specifically uh, limited to 40K, like that's a pretty big statement given especially yeah. the more recent ones that they've had. And, and this is where I want to introduce a piece of vocabulary that's been that Amy and I have had hanging between ourselves for uh, a little over a year now. I hope they don't Orktober this. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I, may, I may have used this expression on the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We uh, we <laughs> all remember Orktober, which was one-week releases. And... I mean, there were buggies, and we were happy to see buggies. The buggies but are cool. Like, and but, yeah, it's but... just six buggies. <laughs> yeah. And they promised, so, like, it just, there was so much hype. And it didn't need to be, like, and it was different. Like, all right, you can make it, like... If it had been more sort of buggy specific, if they'd sort of leaned that way and, you know, done their sort of like little Mad Max preview or something like that. Like, OK, we all would have been on board. But, man. Yeah, it just. They, they basically yeah. told us, hey, this is going to be like the biggest orc thing ever, which I guess is true. If as far <laughs> as you're concerned, orcs are just dudes with buggies. Yeah. But it's fine. I. <laughs> Here's the thing, like Adepticon has been so far like a place where they really they, they announce new armies and new things. Like we've had I don't know if Deep Cans were announced there, the Caradon Overlords were announced there. 
this is all a lot of Age of Sigmar things, so I'm not sure if I'm like holding my breath for a big 40k announcement. But at the same time, I mean, it, it's still where they also told put the promise down that Sister Plastic Sister Bows were coming out. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I like I'm 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 being optimistic. Like I I get the feeling that. Uh, Games Workshop adores doing these reveals because, I mean, admittedly, it must be a lot of fun the hype that that kind of stuff creates. <laughs> so I don't, I don't think they're going to intentionally let us down. No, no, I, I don't think they would at this point. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what we get because, as far as Psychic Awakening goes, you know, it was every army is going to get something new, and we're almost at the end of that, right? We got, I think, orcs left. And we know what orcs are, what, what the, the orcs are getting. Yes. I'm, I'm happy mm-hmm. about it. I'm really excited. It's about time. But at the same time, um, like, and they say every army is getting something. But, um, I mean, are they? Like, if it's not a model, I, I don't know if I care as much. Yeah. I mean, there are, every, every faction is getting some new rules, but not every faction is getting, you know, a, a new model. Right? Necrons didn't get anything, right? Well, the Necron. I don't think Necrons have had oh, that's their right. that's uh, right. yeah. their moments. And I, I mean, the way it's looking is going to be like Necron orcs, which I mean, I, I imagine Necron orcs are interesting. Watch probably, but Necron orcs would be that's actually be pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I want, they're, they're I want both Gazgul, ancient races. I want Gasgol to have incorporated Necron parts into his body. Maybe I'm see. This is where I I defer from my usual um, wanting things. Like I usually want things that are model related, but in this case, like I'm I'd be really excited to, because the orcs were originally designed by the old ones yeah. as a means of combating the Necrons. Wouldn't it be interesting to have like Gaskell or or any other orc just stumble onto like some old orc lore about the old ones and realize? Oh, this is our purpose, and our purpose it aligns with what we like to do, which is you know smash skulls. Yeah. Yep. And just having Gasgol say, well, instead of just doing a generic wa, <laughs> I'm going to do a wa against the Necron. I like it. Mm-hmm. Because then it makes the orcs slightly less random. Yeah, it makes them a little more, little more interesting, right? Now they actually they figured out what their what their purpose is rather than just beating the crap out of anything that comes their way. But how terrifying is that to have one orc decide I'm not just doing a wall, I'm not even making yeah. a mega wall. I'm uniting the orcs for a purpose. Well, and that's always been part of the fluff too, right? Is that the only reason the orcs don't overrun the Imperium is because they can't get organized. Exactly. So I mean that's I mean the, one of the things that Games Workshop has been doing with the fluff is sort of cranking the the urgency of everything to a new level. Like, there's no longer the Eye of Terror. Now there's the entire Cicatrix, Malefic, Torum, or whatever. Like, the, the, the tower on, like, their fifth freaking sphere of expansion. Yeah. I don't know what the Necrons are going to be doing, but, like, everything, everyone is just doing more. Primarchs are walking the world again. It's like everything's going slightly more extra and the way to have the orcs be slightly more extra is to have them go well we're organizing now so <laughs> well and that's kind of been part of it right when you look at the 40k universe compared to age of sigmar <clears throat> i was listening to one of the i think it was a voxcast or a stormcast episode but 
Um, the the world of 40k is like getting worse, whereas Age of Sigmar is you know on the upswing. Well, it's the grim dark. Yeah, of mm-hmm. course. That'd be awesome huh. though. Yeah, if, if they or, if the orcs finally got organized against against the Necrons and just crush tried to crush them and anything that got in their way on the way to the Necrons instead of just whatever happens to be there. Yeah, because that's a totally orc thing to do. But what's interesting about that too is that it's like it also gives the orcs an option that they've sort of not had since like the the the, the very first edition, where they'll not necessarily turn down allies quite as much. Right. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. Because then the idea of the orcs and like the orcs going to the Tau and like striking a deal to fight the Necrons isn't that weird anymore because again, united in purpose. I like huh. it. I like it. And to put the icing on that specific cake, recently I think it's at DLVO, uh, Las Vegas Open, they did announce an expansion for Blackstone Fortress that will have. Isot. Ah, that was awesome. <laughs> I so saw good. that. <laughs> it's cool, but also it's isn't that another creation of the old ones? It is. So the old ones are kind of creeping back into the lore. And for the, for those who don't know what a Zote is, this is a a rogue trader creature. It was the the herald of the coming Tyranid apocalypse, kind of. That's pretty much what they were at the time. Um. In the original fluff, I think they they sort of pulled them back to the old ones, but yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the stuff that they're doing for Blackstone Forges if it incorporates into 40k. Mm. And I'm I'm wondering if if we're gonna see the last two Chaos Primarchs too. I mean, a lot of people have speculated about that. Um, we have we still have Angron and. Uh, Ful- uh, Fulgrim, right? Yeah, left who haven't been released, and I mean that's everybody kind of keeps waiting for the next Primarch on either side to come out because there's also um, Lionel Johnson, right? He's just asleep in the rock, sitting there waiting. Russ yeah, always and... Russ always said he'd come back at the end, whenever that was. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine, Primarch. Yeah, yeah oh, but... I know it's just kind of like. <laughs> I'm just I, I Gasgol's almost a a orc primarch, right? He's pretty well, much he's up there. cooler. Yeah, he, like, he cool. is. Yeah. He is very like he's. And if he survived this long, right, he's got to be bigger now, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he was. And, I mean, in his last iteration, he was what kill a can size. I want to see dreadnought size. He, yeah, he's probably gonna be dreadnought size. But also, I mean, if if Gasgol is coming back. Where's Yarrick these days? Right, right. Because that's another thing. The old, the old. Uh, um, I don't know if if the listeners know this, but that started from a, a battle report they did a long time ago. For uh, I think it was Space Marine. They just one of them, the guys named his guy Yarrick and the other player. I think it was Jervis and Andy, but and he named his, his guy Gasgol, and then it led to this whole story. Got models and everything. Imagine writing a piece of lore and eventually it becoming models. <laughs> it's like, but it's worse than that, right? Because it's like, it's it's not even. It's like, here's your here's your stupid dude. Oh wait, yeah. now it's canon. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh no, cool. That's a thing now. Oh, why did I pick All that right. name? 
And also, um, at the LVO, we saw some new Mechanicus stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Oh, I know. God. Well, you wound up being right about the wrong thing, which was fun. That I was think I was thing. right about the right thing. What Were you, or was that... Cause, all right, so there was a... Uh, um, what do they call them? One of the preview things. What do they call them? Oh, the wait, wait, wait. I'm, I'm, I'm just... It's... it's uh, it's the rumor engine. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah There's yeah. a rumor engine a while ago that had what looked like a uh, Mechanicum wing, and you were like, jump troops. They were like, okay, yeah, no, I get that. That that seems right. And you went into a far too in-depth description of why it was Adeptus Mechanicus technology. <laughs> and if only you could <laughs> use this power for good. It was. It was. It was a good time. Um, <laughs> and then they announced the flyer. And we're like, oh, Okay. All right. So you're a little off, but it's still, I mean, Mechanicum, you're, you, you had that part. And then these guys come out and I'm like, yeah, so you, you still were right. Just you were too early. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I haven't, like, I'm going off of memory, but when, when the flyer came out, I didn't go back to compare the image because, no, oh yeah, membrane wings on me, on a Mechanicum, like under structure, it must be the same thing. Right. But one of the things that made me think originally that that, that rumor engine was for, for jump troops was the scale of it. Mm. So I, I think, so here's what I think happened <laughs> is that they previewed the jump troops. I thought it was jump troops. They announced the flyer. I went, shucks, I was kind of wrong. And then now they they're announcing the jump troops, but I think that original image wasn't for the flyer. I'd have to dig it up. I'm looking right now. I have. <laughs> um, you actually very well might be right, <laughs> which is terrifying. <laughs> I know. I mean, I don't want to be right about it because that's my one time this year, and it's early in the year, so I don't want right, to waste yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. Look at me. Wow. I mean, as far as Psychic Awakening goes, it seems like Mechanicus is getting the most out of anybody. Mechanicus has become the darling of of, of Games Workshop. They're kind of great. They, I mean, they've they've also we're we're ignoring the cavalry, which I have a couple of Deathcore. I have a couple Deathcore Creek players at my store who are like bitter about it. Uh, and I've told them they deserve it, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, no, robot horses, and I'm in. Like, I so cool. tend to avoid the Imperium, but oh boy, they're trying real hard. Between Fire Mac, breathing. I, yeah, yeah right. Robot horses. <laughs> yes. It's, I, I've... On a on a previous podcast that Amy and I used to do about uh, the game Overwatch, I've described one of the characters as what a six year old would come up with. <laughs> it's like, oh, he's he's a ninja, but also a robot, and and he's got ninja stars and a sword. And I I feel like these horses were designed with somewhat <laughs> right, right? the same philosophy. It's like they're they're horses with skittery on them, but 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 they're also robots, and 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 they breathe fire. <laughs> It's a horse dragon. Yes. <laughs> well, I guess actually, I guess they're technically dogs. Yeah, because their name's Cyberhound. Cerberus Sulphur Hounds. 
Yeah, and everyone I say, no, no, they're hounds, tell me, tells me to shut up. So no, you're I don't right. Know. I mean, they're... They're space but, dogs. Yeah, robot <laughs> space dogs. I mean, they've got mechanical hooves. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's amazing. <laughs> they look great. They only come in packs of three, so that's going to be a problem. Puppets um, War has Mechanicum heads with uh, cowboy hats on them, just saying. I know! <laughs> <laughs> Someone... <laughs> Very quickly sent me that link. It may have been you. It sure was. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I I I haven't even gone like the flyers. They they're not even released yet. No. I haven't even gone the other yeah. ground transports yet. I have a ton of other Mechanicum things I need to paint. By the time I'm done painting everything I have, on in addition to what I've already got painted. And what I plan on buying and painting, the size of my Mechanicum army is going to be ridiculous. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's a really, a really cool army with a, a, a pretty interesting look compared to everything else that's out there for 40k. It's the only Imperium army I can tolerate. <laughs> well, they got the you know you'd think being the the height of uh, technology in the Imperium, they'd have just like. A, a regular plane with like supersonic or something, but no, they have an ornithopter. I adore the design philosophy that Blizzard, uh, Blizzard, that Games Workshop yeah. went with that one. The fact that they went, no, everything needs to be the weirdest version. Like if we have, if they have hover thing, it's not just hover; it's it's literally hovercraft. Yeah. And <laughs> their planes don't use like normal wings or boosters or anything. They're ornithopters. <laughs> like what else is there? Like what else we got? Well, we could have these these fire breathing cyber horses that are actually dogs. Yes, print. <laughs> and and I you know I think what's great is everything that they're adding to the army is is adds speed, which is something that that army severely yes. lacked yes. previously. You know they they were just a lot of times it was just they kind of stand there and, and shoot at you and hope that something happens in their favor. Mm-hmm. But now with cyber horses, dogs, whatever you want to call them, uh, planes, transports, it's it's they they really feeling like a, a fully rounded army that you can take a lot of different options with now. Oh yeah, I mean the the, the thing is historically, um, for those who may not know, like the Adeptus Mechanicus came out as two codexes to everyone's confusion. Yeah, which was a Skateri Codex and a Cult Mechanicum Codex, and they were basically. It, it from the very moment those models and codexes came out, it felt like a single army that got split in two, for probably the dumbest business reasons ever. Um, and it, it took one edition, and they just smashed those two together because why not? What was wrong? Uh, and and that's how we wound up with so many models so quickly. But now they're just you just keep adding. You know, they, they saw the studio splitting The Hobbit into three movies, you know, Breaking Dawn, Part 1, Part 2. They, they decided to go for it with the Edith Spaganicus. Well, they'll try it too, right? It should work for games. Yeah, I I mean, I'm, I'm sure they sold well, but it just felt so dumb. I, I, I don't think anybody, even at Games Workshop, thought that it was not dumb. Yeah, that's probably one of the the last issues of the, of the old guard, right? We'll split this and... I'm sure that yeah. someone somewhere had a reason behind it. Yeah. Of and course. then by the time they got to it, 
that no one remembered why. And... <laughs> All right, just send it to print. Go All ahead. right. Why did we do this? With... I don't know. I don't know. Just go. Just Fine. do it. Just accept that it's happening and let yeah. it happen. Yep. Yeah. So I'm wondering if if the Adepticon preview will be the the post Psychic Awakening stuff since it's right. It was supposed to be a book a month, and they're almost done. Yeah, so if it's the if it's the culmination, if it's the the grand the finale big, yeah. of what all of this means, that'd be pretty sweet. It it would explain the whole idea of we're doing this is our biggest announcement yet mm-hmm. announcement yet because if they're announcing and it really depends also like what is that final culmination going to be? Because if it's like oh well now we're going to be rolling out some uh, some endless spell type stuff in the next. 12 months, eh, all right, fine. But, like, they're probably not just going to do that, right? I mean, there's going to be, like, some character stuff. There's going to be some really badass story stuff. Like, I'm not saying we're seeing the Emperor come back, but at the same time, they're probably not just going to, like, announce more books. Right. Right, and if this endless psychic thing is is a thing, like... It's probably not a thing that every psyker can use, and right. so maybe we'll get some new special dudes, and this is their thing, and they've tapped into this, you know, ancient whatever, and now we've got this. Like, those would be cool. It would be would be interesting because they could definitely go like they could go some really strange places with that. I mean, the the way you just just described it. What if they just decided, well, we're gonna have this new like this new uh, this new slot. You got your heavies, you got your fast attack, you've got your HQs, and now you've also got your, your you got also got your psychers. Yeah. Mm, that'd be interesting. If we could get a new weird boy model, that'd be sweet. Oh, finally, man. Oh. <laughs> Not a fan. Not a fan, but again, because it's orcs, like, oh, I have to convert my own weird boy to well, make yeah. it look cool. What a tragedy. I know, but... I don't. No, I, no, I, I, I want to do it because it's cool and not because. Oh, what is yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. You're 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 absolutely right. Like I, it's the same thing. Like for any time I have to convert something, I I want to do it because I have a cool conversion idea, not because Games Workshop doesn't have a model for it. Right. Biovores. <clears throat> <laughs> you don't like the the models with the huge ball sack. I I don't mind it. I just don't like the idea of paying. So yeah, much yeah, yeah, for a model that I need several of to be effective, and that they're still resin, and they're resin not because they were made for resin, but because they are recycled metal models. I'm I'm still with you waiting for the for the bio, plastic bio titan model. Mm. This needs to happen. They've they've missed they've missed their chance of psychic awakening because I mean a super psychic dominatrix plastic model would have fit. That's well, fine. it could I still. It. I mean, if cool. we're doing if we're if we're going with this, you know, we need these quote unquote heavy psychers to do this new thing. Then I mean, they could still do it. Yeah, there's time. Oh, man, there's yes, that's a freaking good point. And... <laughs> Because immediately, like my brain went, oh yeah, you can have these these heavy psychers, but how how do you have the heavy psychers not just be like a single model? Well, for 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 Tyranids, it becomes very simple. You move like zoanthropes and and the neurothrope into that 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 uh, that section. Yeah. 
plus yeah. dominatrix this can be like either kitted out for an hq with less psychic or be a, a super psychic as ah there's so many options have stuff like the have <laughs> stuff like the dark apostle that come with like a retinue that you know help them like mm-hmm. Ooh, like weird boys and minders yeah yeah or like it, then and i mean we know that like zench has been recruiting groups of nine psychers yeah mm-hmm. for like magnus has been so what about a box of nine psychers that you buy? And as like as the more of them there are alive, the more powerful they are. It's, this stuff writes itself. Actually, yeah, because that's a. I mean, look at the um, Triumph of Saint Catherine and whatever the there's the one on the Sigmar side too, where it's one model, but it's a bunch of models, and it's sort of as characters that are part of that model die, it loses certain things like. That's a mechanic that they have introduced to the game that is completely in the realm of possibility. And it's a cool mechanic. It's yes. a fun mechanic. It's way better than just like, oh, I took six wounds, so now I move a little slower, and I'm not quite as tough. Cool. Or just, hey, this unit is uh, is one uh, one la- last cannon and a bunch of ablative wounds. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see more stuff like the Triumph and Seat. A Saint Catherine model with the the different abilities and and I, I really love that model because you get to choose which ones yep. stop working right so yep. it's not like this doesn't work this doesn't work it's, you get to pick out of the right. five it's like like losing models with special like if every model in a unit has a different weapon yeah you pick who dies so it's a similar idea if you're one of those weird people that takes a devastator scroll with a plasma cannon a heavy bolt or a last cannon yeah. and a missile launcher <laughs> exactly. I like to have options. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm not saying I do that. I, 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 in, in third edition, when I started playing, I would probably have done that. Because I was like, well, I can't, I can't just take last cannons. Like, I need to take one of each just in case. Like, you I can adapt know. better to what my opponents do. No, spamming, spamming. Well, dude, listen, as, as a veteran of the friendly, I say diversify because right. you do not know what is coming. A friendly army is different. <laughs> well, I mean, the old the old Devastator box used to come with that, right? One of each. Went back when they were metal models, so um, that was back when they had the Bitswagon, though. Oh, the Bitswagon. Oh yeah, I remember when the, the Bitswagon. God, I'm going to age myself tremendously, but the Bitswagon <laughs> would go to events. Like, I don't know if you remember the old conflict events. Oh, and yeah. the bits wagon would be there, and you could just buy bits by like the weight, or like a, a, any sprue was the same price. So I just bought like a bunch of um, of a uh, hammerhead guns that I was gonna use for scenery, because the tower just new, and I thought, oh man, I'm just gonna like make some some tower walls and put some guns, like make it look like like a fortification there. It's gonna be great, <sighs> man. It's it's weird that we are in a golden age of what Games Workshop is doing, but there are still some really odd little bits of what they used to do that was cool, that, but that's kind of vanished. Mm. Yeah, being able to order bits is is it's kind of sad that it's gone, but it's such an a big inventory thing to keep up on, right? Yeah. yeah. And now where they're moving towards plastic mall, it's kind of you don't really have bits; you have sprues now. Mm. Have you have you guys oh I, like. I think I'm the oldest here, so. But um, have you guys ever participated in like in a bid bid box war at one of these events? No. No, I haven't done a bid box war. Oh, man, let me explain to you what a bid box yeah, war is. Yeah, please do. So, 
first, first of all, I've I've actually been like a volunteer at some of these events, running the Bits Box more. Um, it's also had other names I can't remember, but so essentially, you get huge boxes of just sprues, and you toss them on the table. You're encouraged to break up the sprues so that they're as unintact as possible. And every chair has like glue and, and a cutter and a, a knife. And the whole point is just you get a set amount of time and you can just reach into these these sprues and build yourself a vehicle. So it's just <laughs> basically it's 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 converting like it's speed conversion on crack. It is like the most insane thing. And and as as an animator, you're encouraged to just like stand on the table, walk on the sprues, like make it <laughs> make it seem like the, make it as crazy as possible. Like the only thing that you can't really do, like you can't keep someone from taking things. You can't you can't take a model away from someone. But there is a rule. Like the, the only time you can take a model away from someone is if they're ba building a model verbatim. Like someone oh, shows okay. up and he's just building a Leman Russ. You can say, nah. And you can take that away and just break off a piece and give them back the other piece and say, make that a bits box war vehicle. And so, and, and then once everybody's done their thing, you go to a gaming table and like every every vehicle has basically the same rules and you just like have have a little yeah. game and someone went to, went to prize. But That's I mean, awesome. even even with those rules, I mean, you can just it's like, oh, I really need those pieces to convert that thing at home so i'm just gonna glue a bunch of last cannons on this <laughs> <laughs> it's that's funny. but yeah that's the kind of thing that we used to have like at these events that we don't no longer have and as much as i mourn their existence because they were just my kind of crazy um the fact that i don't have to wait like six years for a codex is yeah, yeah that's, that's good. good i'm down with that it's a I'm, small I'm, concession I'll, I'll take it, I'll take it. And they kind of do, you know, it's not quite the same, but they do the the speed painting competitions at Adepticon, which is, I don't know if you guys, I've never participated in one, but if you ever watch them, it's, you get like a Bones model and, and you just kind of have to speed paint it and then they do like a little competition at the end, but. Yeah. I did one at Gen Con and yeah. that was a lot of fun. I do, See, I do I'm, miss, go ahead, Amy, sorry. I'm way better at converting than I am at painting. So <laughs> like, give me, give me bits, give me glue. Let me go. I got this. I'm gonna turn this orc into a tyranid. Oh wait, no, I did that. Oh yeah, oh All yeah, blast. we've been there. Yep. <laughs> I do miss. <laughs> I do miss some of the some of the old stuff, but I think it's just in a much better place now. Like we were saying before, you know. Speaking of which, old stuff. More stuff for an old game coming out. Adeptus, I'm sorry, Antarctica Imperialis, right? We got a, a little preview of some upcoming releases for that. I know GF's excited. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I named two armies that I wanted to see, uh, two, two, I'm sorry, two air forces I wanted to see from Aeronautic Imperialis, and this delivers on one. Now, granted, they're giving me one of the things I wanted, and I will still find a way to complain because I'm French Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> I did think the the Astromilitarum was an interesting choice for the second box set. Interesting as in why? Because we didn't get enough for the first box set, I guess. I don't like yeah. I I mean it's it, fun to see some of these models, but at the same time 
there's so many other things they could have done. You know, like I get, I get their whole like, all right, we're gonna do it's the us versus them, it's the Imperium versus the something, and we're gonna, we've got this. But like, I mean, I, I could see like from here on out, maybe we're not required to have an Imperium army yeah. in a box, especially say I, with um with uh, especially since it was what they released for the orcs, for the first set they could have just released those two other Imperial planes as expansions, right? Yeah. I don't, they didn't need to be part of another box set, but yeah, it, it, there's many reasons why it would have been a better idea to have like a fourth race. First of all, like the the more factions you have in the nascent game, the better because you want groups of friends and communities to be able to pick something that they can feel is their own. Yep. Also, by releasing more expansions, by say saying, oh, this is our new box set, it's got Necrons and it's got Tau, well, now you've got four factions, and at the same time, we're also releasing these two new planes for the Imperium. That does yeah. two things. It says, we're going to have a lot of factions very quick, which is what people want, but also, even old factions are still going to get new planes. Right. So you're sending two very positive messages that are not being sent right now. Because now, like, what's going to be the third box? Uh, more Imperial Navy? Because they have a ton of planes. Like, they can do this for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I expect at some... If they keep expanding on on forces, I expect we would see a Chaos Space Marine versus mm -hmm. Space Marine box at some point. I think that's just sort of almost a given. I just uh, want tiny dragons. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, tiny little Eldrakes flying around. Mm -hmm. um, I would love to see... Necrons and Eldar. Mm -hmm. The the Eldar the Eldar fire flyers are going to be insane. Yeah, because because that's my second disappointment with this box. And I know time will fix it. It'll be fine. But I, as much as I love the Barracuda and the Tiger Shark, spoilers, Tiger Shark and Barracuda are the two planes that we're getting <laughs> in that box set. Yeah. Now, like I like I've already seen tiny versions of these planes, so. I'm yeah. very curious. I was more curious, like, oh, I, I want to see, like, the, the, the fighter and the bomber that we have in plastic now. I want to see that tiny. Mm. I know we will eventually. I mean, there's there's a freaking Valkyrie in that box set. So that's that's a plastic thing that's being made into tiny resin. So it'll happen. It's just, I wanted to see it faster. The same yeah. way I, I want to see the, 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 the plastic flyers, like the Crimson Hunter, I want to see that in tiny plastic a lot more than I, than I want to see, say, a Nightwing or, or a, not the, what is it, the Vampire, like any of the, the other um, you know, resin flyers that we've seen for Eldar. But I, I know that's not going to be the first plane we see. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a while. Uh, yeah, I'm interested to see if there's even going to be any expansions for the Imperial stuff. I mean, I'm sure they have something in mind, but... Um, I just, off the top of my head, I can't really think of besides like a different version of of the planes that are already out. What it might be, um, and the Tau too. It'll be interesting to see what they go for with them. Like if they're gonna do like Remoras or something like that, you know. Remoras would be interesting. Uh, I mean, here's the thing: like what they had back in the day for for Aeronautic Imperialist for Forge World, they had the Barracuda, they had the two versions of the Tiger Shark. Yeah. Um, they had Remoras. Tiny, tiny, very fragile remoras with yeah. silly bits, and and but they also they had a manta. So that mm -hmm. was nice. True, true. Uh, I wouldn't hate seeing a manta in Aeronautic Imperialis. They also had an orca, 
which is also a weird oh, thing. Oh yeah, that's... but considering like like ground missions and things like that, like picking up troops and and drop zones and things like that, the the Orca would be an interesting uh, vehicle to have. Well, and with with Valkyries, it almost seems like they're going to expand on that in the next book, right? Because that's just, I mean, they're they're kind of dropships. Well, that's the thing. Like the, the they're they're troop carriers and. Because of that, like you're right, like we're gonna see it because one of the rules that we're seeing in this expansion, this new box set, is low altitude combat. Yeah. Which I, I'm very curious what that means, like because we've already got ground defenses and things like that, so I don't I don't know where they're gonna go with it, but okay. I just, and I, I don't think it will, but um, my fear is just that the game gets too complicated, right? With with all the different. Low altitude, high altitude, whatever you know, buying missions, landing missions. It, it. Well, I, I'm hoping it won't. It has the possibility where it could happen, though. Yeah, it, it, it's it's one of those things that could get very overloaded and get boring at the same time. I'd rather have um, the equivalent of quote unquote close combat rules for when they introduce like a, a chaos dragon, like a hell drake, yeah. and yeah. turnips. <laughs> oh, turnip yeah. flyers! Oh man. Yeah. Oh, like, Couple of harpies and and, and and hive crones flying around. Harridans all over. The place. Like a hot like, because that, that would be like the only time that you could literally have just this. This is a 40k HQ model, but it's also a flyer. Like let's, yeah, let's have some winged hive tyrants. Mm-hmm. Oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> and there's uh, there's so much fun that they can have with these this this army uh, this game. You know, speaking of um, you were talking about the. The remoras in their their tiny little fiddly bits. Back when I played Battlefleet Gothic, um, Forge World used to do the flyers, and I ordered mm-hmm. some orc fighter bombers for for Battlefleet Gothic. And the picture oh, in the, and the, the picture in the catalog says models too small to photograph. And when they say that, they mean <laughs> like you're looking at the head of a pin that you oh, just paid boy. twenty bucks for a few squads of. It was, I, I think they just like. I dropped one and it was gone. Like it couldn't find. Yeah, it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it, well, it's the same thing for um, back during the day of, of Epic Armageddon oh, and Forge yeah. World would put out some expansions, and I, I, my brother convinced me to get into Tau for for oh, Epic fiddly, fiddly, and fiddly. like oh this this is like a strip of Fire Warriors. Why yeah. am I buying this? Uh-huh. Why am I spending money on? Tiny, tiny little things. I definitely got broken and lost. This is supposed to be a children. It looks like a blob of resin on a little stick. I mean, no, they, they were well made. Yeah, no, they were. But it's just they're like, very, very smiddly, fiddly, very small. And for the price at that time that Forge World was charging for, for epic stuff, it was not reasonable, I guess. That's the way to put it nicely. No, no. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the box set. I'm looking forward to seeing what other new rules we get besides low altitude combat. I think you know the game has a lot of a lot of legs. I just think, as at least in my area, there are people waiting for specific factions to come out. Uh-huh. Most mostly Eldar, but um, I'm sure we'll see them. You know, at some point, they can't keep it out too long. I think a lot of people were worried that it was going to follow the. Uh, up oh, were the one and done kind of thing, but I like I'm confident they won't, but I'm worried that it's gonna be so slow that they won't be able to keep the hype going. Yeah. Yeah, true. 
especially there's you know when you talk about things like 40k and Age of Sigma, right? There's sort of an, uh, a literal like endless supply of of stuff they could do. When it comes to Aeronautica, there's only so many flyers before they start inventing new ones, which isn't a bad thing. But um, you know, it's just when you, when do you get to that point, and what and do you really do you represent every faction, or do you sort of peel back in a sort of Adeptus Titanicus way and only have a few factions that you just focus on based on the campaign books you're releasing? And speaking of Titanicus, they they're also got some new stuff coming out there. Um, I I like Titanicus. I don't know if if you guys see any play at all in your area. I know Jeff, you have a lot of it. <laughs> I I have like I don't have that much. Like I've got the, like the core box that came out and sure sure. I mean I love it. I think it's a great box. It's it looks good. It's a very sturdy box. I can yep. put my other boxes on it. <laughs> Uh, it contains a lot of plastic. <laughs> I like that about it. <laughs> it's a good base support box for a stack of boxes. <laughs> it's, I mean, and it's 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 heavy enough that you know it's there, but not too heavy. I can't go on top of a bookshelf. It's, right, right. I mean, it's, 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 it's got a lot of the best features one could hope to find in a box. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a great. But game. I haven't really used any of it or opened yeah. it really. Yeah. I think it's a it's a it's a really good game. Um, it definitely makes you feel like you're commanding a, a huge robot, which is probably a good thing. Um, but for a long time, right, it was just the three classes of titans: the reaver, the warlord, and the warhound. But they announced that they're going to be releasing the psi titans, which was its own little group of titans. That uh, it was twenty warlord titans on Terra that pretty much had a bunch of um, Psyker is slave to them, so all their weapons are, are sort of psychic charge focused. And I think they said uh, in the in the fluff, uh, one of one side titan like quelled an entire planetary insurrection without firing a shot, just of the because of the psychic power generated. So it'll be interesting to see how those play out in the game. Um, I'm actually I'm playing in an event at Adepticon. I'm playing in the the narrative event, the narrative doubles event. So nice. looking forward to that. That's the three models I have to paint for Adepticon. Is is three more titans? Do you I do. Get... I do kind of dig that they're putting out another box because, like, so if you didn't get into oh, it like yeah, first right. time around and you're like, okay, all right, I'm I'm in now. Like they've put out, they're putting out another box that's updated, and I I dig that. And and the 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 Grandmaster edition, it it wasn't a it was a good deal, but it wasn't really. Something you could play the game with, right? You could play a very right. small game because you got two Warlord Titans, two sets of Knights, and a, and a rule book. But this one is, it's two Reavers, two Warhounds, and uh, some Knights. So it's it's like everything you need to actually start playing right. like a larger size game. And I mean, if you really wanted to, you just buy one Warlord, and then you you have I think that's almost uh, like fifteen hundred, two thousand points. Yeah, and more terrain, which is also nice. Yo, yeah, I love the terrain that they're doing because it's all. They kind of took like a lot of the 40k terrain, like the containers, and yeah. just scaled it down. Shrank it, yeah. Which is awesome because it, it just really helps you give it that sense of scale. Exactly. Does do you see any play of uh, Titanicus at your story, Amy, at all? Um, we have a little bit. Uh, the biggest problem is that like the one guy who was like he was our guy and he was like so hyped, like he had it 
like he bought the the big box and he had it like built and painted in like two and a half weeks and he was ready to go and then he like moved and like he's still local but he was like doing all kinds of house stuff and like he hasn't been around so he's finally back so i'm hoping between that and this that we're gonna because there were a lot of us that you know we bought in we're like yeah let's do it tiny like giant robots we're we're there and then you know Nobody like nobody wanted to read the rule book. And yeah, it's, it's, it's a, so now we've got a guy. We've got a guy who knows how to play. And so we're yeah. good now. Like now that he's back, we can all bring our giant robots and fight each other. <laughs> I mean, the rule book is it's interesting, right? Because there's the yeah. basic rules, but then it has like there's a lot of what they call advanced rules in the game, which is awesome and makes it feel very cinematic. But there's a lot of like little nuances, mm-hmm. it, which uh is great if that's the kind of game you're looking for. Yeah. It's just tough when you're doing the like, all right, we're just both going to sit here with this rule book and hope that yeah, we yeah. get through it. It, it. It's not an easy game to do a demo of unless you really know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that that'll be an interesting game because uh, um, we'll see if, if they ever, because it's right, it's Horace Heresy focus now, so are they ever going to get to orcs or or Eldar, because they fought them in the Great Crusades, but, uh, and during yeah. that time of the 40K universe, and I think a lot of people would love to see that. I know I'd like to see Eldar Titans yeah. myself, but... I'm definitely not holding my breath on that one, no, though. No, no, I think they, there's, with the Horace Heresy book series, there is way, way uh, enough material to last for a while for them. Yeah. And it's, it's the same thing as, as, uh, as 30K, right? Like, everybody always wonders, oh, they're going to bring in aliens? Uh, they don't really need to. Like, it's not... Yeah. That's not what the game's well, for. Because in 30K, you don't need aliens because it's not part of the story. Right, And right. you're right. Like, there's there's plenty of stuff that they can do with it. But I, I, I feel like they're going to run out of models if they haven't... I mean, they're already bringing in Psychic Titans. Yeah. What else, what else yeah, is there? Like, what, what's the next What's the next model? Like, they've gone through pretty much all the knights. All the big titans are done. All the weapon options are pretty much like. What's the next thing? What's the next box gonna be? Yeah, because even like, even with the knights, a box of transfers. Well, because even with yeah. the knights, all they've been doing is releasing like the the, the upgrade kits that make them you know different yep. knights. So they'll just do that for the the Cerasus knights, and they'll be all set. So, I mean, unless they start doing actual like chaos knights with mutated tentacles and and stuff like the old the old epic models. But that's not thirty k. Right, that's true. That's that's after that. Yeah, that's after that's after the heresy. So, like the moment you start doing that, yeah, you're and, pulling away from your yeah. from your. And not to game. mention, like classic old school, like epic players, they're they're gonna want their uh, they're gonna want their orc gargants and things because that's stuff that used to that you used to have access to. So, I mean. I don't think they're going to have much of a choice. I think at some point they're going to hit that kind of wall of what they can do by saying that Titanicus is 40k only, is 30k only. Mm. I mean, here's hoping anyway. I'd love to see some of those other models. Yeah, I honestly don't think it was a very good idea to make that, uh, to make it like a 30k only thing. Yeah. I think that was a lost opportunity on their part. I mean, there there really other choices is to turn into you know whatever however you want to call it 30k epic where it's they start introducing infantry and stuff which I don't I I think I don't think the game needs that not in no. any way. There's enough going on there without it. And also like at the point where you're just introducing like oh we're doing 30k epic like aren't you just doing 
Warhammer 30k, but with smaller models. Right, you exactly. Yeah, it's the same everything. game. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like oh, he, here's another set of rules for the exact same period of time and smaller models. Like I guess like it's at that point it becomes like economy 30k. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And I mean they with um the apocalypse rule set. I haven't played, but I had a chance to look through it. I mean, it, it plays almost like Epic, right? Like old Epic does, because there's blast markers and all kinds of stuff like, you know, or you guys are in formations and stuff, so. And all the weapons have anti... I forget the, exactly what they call them, but it's like, you know, to hurt infantry, to hurt tanks, which is a an Epic staple for how the weapons used to work, so. I, I don't think it's necessary, and I think it would actually take away from this game. Right, I, it added yeah. more... I mean, being a, you know, I used I started playing epic stuff with, like, Titan Legions and whatnot. I th- the infantry definitely made the game more interesting, but the way that this game works to have to track all your knights on their terminals and then move over to, you know, doing stuff with infantry, it's just, it's... Titanicus is already a long game to play. Yeah. It's just, it would just make it unbearably long, I think. Meanwhile, think about it. So... <laughs> the way the Titans have, they, they have their, their own way of being controlled, right? Like you've got your little board that has all these stats in specific places, but different races would have different interpretations of that. Like you don't treat a bio-Titan the same way yes. you treat right. like, an ancient war machine built on some forgotten forge world somewhere by like semi-primitive like uh, Adeptus Mechanicus. In the same way, like Eldars have these, like, these huge monstrosities built out of Rave, Rave Bone, they've been sang into existence with psychic powers. Again, that doesn't play the same. So the moment you start introducing new races and new ways to play, like you're not just saying, oh, here's a new faction. You're saying, here's a new approach, a new philosophy for how to interpret these models in, in, in this game. So, I mean... Cool, you've done the 30k thing. We're all very <laughs> yeah. proud of you, Game of <laughs> That was great. Good warm up. Every like all our muscles are stretched. Now let's let's go. Let's head to the races. Well, in in you know like we were saying like orcs, Eldar, those existed in that time. They the Imperium wasn't carrying them, so it's not that big of a stretch to pull those titans in. Right? Yeah. I'd love would... I'd love to see great gargants and and, and gargants and super stompers rocking around the board. Oh. <clears throat> And, uh, and I mean the Eldar, the Eldar Titan models were classic, epic models too. Those are are really great design. And I just like to, in, right, because with the chaos, with the way it is now, chaos and imperial, you're you're just choosing your faction to get your legion special rules. There's nothing really different about your titans. But with these right. other factions, like you were saying, the titans have to be different. Like they have you know different abilities, different. Probably even the way they run is different, right? Like you're gonna have grot crews running around and, and mechs and stuff going on and. It'd be great to have some sort of rule where your orc titan could break down. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, just, it's just so much. Like now, now they've introduced psychic titans. I mean, that sounds like something that just begs for the Eldars to have their own titan because they're all about psychic things. It's yeah. I I just really I'm just I talking about all really... the things I want to see at the preview at Adeptcon. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, because that's that's a good point because that is a good place to go with like if they want to do an announcement saying yeah you remember how we said Titanicus was 30k yeah now it's not anymore hey or it's still 30k but it's 30k with other races <laughs> yeah man this is an exciting time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's we we complain about what we're not seeing, but we're definitely not wanting for for things to to look at that are, are pretty and exciting. Unlike, you know, third edition, where I had to convert five wave serpents out of uh, plastic card and falcons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think you know, is that's pretty much been everything that's been going on. I think um, psychic awakening. It'll be great to see how that plays out. At Adepticon, hopefully we'll get the, like you were saying, Amy, the culmination of, of whatever's yeah. going on. We'll find out what, what that is. And that it's not Orktober. Yeah. Ugh. Psychtober. I like to think that they learned from Orktober and we're like, oh, we probably We were not have... quiet about it. No, no. Not no, one of us. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody's like, oh, that was great. There's a lot of, oh, what did you do to me? I'm an Orc player and I've been wanting for years and... Um, now, so Amy, what are you playing at Adepticon? We already sort of talked about what. Yeah, so I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing the uh, Underworld's Grand Clash on Thursday. Ooh, awesome. I have zero anticipation of making it to day two, uh, so I'll be <laughs> playing in the friendly on Friday and the team tournament Saturday and Sunday. It is what, go 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 time. What faction are you going to be playing in uh, in the Underworld's Grand Clash? Um, so I'm actually I because I've been going back and forth on this extensively um because i like a lot of them like i'm i'm not one of those people like i've never really um i've never really specialized in any of them and so then um i was reading through the worm spats uh like <laughs> gameplay style and reading all the cards and i was like oh so this is how i play this game so i guess i'll just do them so that's like like friday the order yeah, will come, come in out, at right? work <laughs> i will put them together and, and then i will play constantly and it'll be great yeah, those I love those models. Um, I'm gonna pick them up just for my Age of Sigmar army. Yeah, they're great. They're great. And Jeff, you're playing the friendly too, right? I, uh, I'm playing the friendly. Ooh, so uh, all very three of us will be in the friendly. Oh yeah, I like yeah. it. I like it. Hey. It will be friendly. <laughs> it better be friendly. Like there's, I'm, I mean, out of three games, I usually get one that's like a tryhard. I remember one year I got. I got this one guy who's like just destroying me. He says, "Yeah, sorry, I this is my army from the championships." Like, what are you doing here? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, my last year was questionable opponent-wise, so I'm looking forward to a good one this year. You know, one of one of my favorite things about Adepticon is a little flea market they do because you can always tell what armies did bad in the like championship because they're on the table pretty yeah. cheap. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want this anymore. <laughs> you let me down. <laughs> well, so if you ever want to come over and say hi to any of the 40k radio hosts i guess we'll all be at the friendly <laughs> the our level of soberness is is yeah, questionable at the time friendly. but um yeah. we will yeah that will at least make us <laughs> as friendly to you well the, the nice thing is that if you're 21 or older you, you could possibly score a cider so there you go yeah, true. <laughs> but uh, other than that i mean we we've we'll be back in a couple weeks um Amy, again, thanks for, for coming in and being the third host with us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. And 
please talk to us on Facebook. Let us know what you're working on for DebsCon. Any uh, any secret projects you want to share with us? Um, we're going to be trying to post more up there so you can keep keep up with what we're doing. I think probably pre-DebsCon is just a little tough with all the, the uh-huh. kind of secret projects going on. But we'll post when we can, and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to 40K Radio, part of the Free Buddhist Network. You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Free Buddhist Forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Free Buddhist Network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war and cookies.